0: So this afternoon, we'll continue with this practice of emptying our attachment to self, opening up the space, or perhaps more precisely, dropping the attachment to the selfing activity, to proliferating this activity. And I want to begin by reading a quote uh, about the Buddha, the Tathagata, as he called himself from, and this is from Ajahn Amaro's book, Small Boat, Great Mountain. He says, The word the Buddha used to refer to himself, Tathagata, the Buddha coined this word, and it's made up of two different parts. The first part, tata means such or thus and the second part agata means come meanwhile if you break it, if, and that's if you break it up a little bit differently if you the word gata means gone so a long debate has been going on is it tat agata or tata gata Only the Buddhists are in a long tradition of arguing these fine points. And thus the question is, is the Buddha thus come or thus gone? Is he totally here or is he totally absent, gone? Is he utterly imminent or utterly transcendent? Scholars have been bashing each over other over the heads with this issue for millennia. That's from Ajahn Amaro. The Buddha loved wordplay and irony. He used double entendre many times. So my feeling is that he deliberately used an ambiguous term. It means both completely gone and completely here. Can you start feeling the resonance in our practice to what he was? how he named himself? The gone aspect is that of transcendent wisdom. Gone, empty, no thing, utterly transparent. Thus come come to thusness, come to suchness, are the aspects of being utterly here, completely imminent, utterly attuned to all things, utterly attentive to and embodied in all things. The compassion element is what what represents the thus come meaning, where everything is self. In the wisdom element, nothing is self. Oh, the dancing between these two, thus gone, thus come. You probably are familiar with the quote from Nisargadatta that says, wisdom tells me I am nothing, love tells me I am everything. Between the two, my life flows. How beautiful that the Buddha came up with a word to name himself that in some ways describes both. So, connecting first with the thus-gone aspect and as we've discussed the truth is that there's no one there in the way that we conceive of it and we're dropping this attachment to that belief again and again. We don't have to drop, we're not trying to push the self away or make it wrong when it arises. I love Anam Thupten's description. He says, I love myself. It's so dear. It shows up and tells me what clothes to put on in the morning and when to eat. And it's so helpful. <laughs> we don't have to get rid of it. But noticing where the attachment to it causes suffering. This is, this is, this is the heart of it. And one of the classic ways of working with this attachment is to ask the question, who am I? I'm sure you've heard that. Who am I? What am I? And it's not to get a definitive answer. It's not if we ask it enough times we're going to land somewhere but it's actually a successive process of pulling the rug out from under us again and again. And to see each time when we ask that question, how, what we're making ourselves up to be and then how we're attaching to that. To see both the gross ideas and the subtle identifications or beliefs. Who is knowing this? Who is hearing this? All the different variations. Perhaps when you are having a moment of frustration. Who is frustrated? Who is angry? Perhaps you're starting to be sleepy. Who is sleepy? What is sleepy? What we're doing in this is taking the attention to a more fundamental level, taking it away from solving the frustration. We're actually not trying to fix the self or make it go away or say it's doing something wrong and it needs to do it better. We're taking it to a different level and saying, so why do I, how am I identifying with this? How am I thinking? that this frustration is a problem? How am I attaching to it and believing that is who I am? This is Anam Tuptin. He says, who am I? That question helps undo the layers of persona. It takes us to a place no longer identified with them or the suffering caused by them. Then our persona becomes like a garment that we wear because it's useful, just like we wear clothes, but we don't identify with our clothes. We need a persona, just like we need clothes. And the identities, it's like the identities are like training wheels. They got us here, they're useful, but at a certain point they're just drag. And to take them off allows us to move freely. The Buddha says, releasing the sense of I is the supreme happiness, the greatest freedom. So it's important also, though, as we play in this territory, as we release these attachments, that sometimes, though, while it's potentially freeing, it can also be uncomfortable. It can even be downright scary. We're we're familiar with the structure that we have fabricated, but it's still a familiar fabrication. When we sit deeply and fully in impermanence, in the inconstancy, in the uh, deepening understanding that there's nothing permanent here that we can attach to, that can be quite disconcerting. Sometimes it can feel like we're sitting on the edge of a precipice and we're about to fall into some unknown territory. It's helpful to remember if that comes up for you that nothing's gonna go away. It wasn't, it's just you're recognizing it wasn't there to start with in the way that you conceived. So it's to, there's nothing to push away. There's nothing to change. It's dropping the fabrication and then the attachment to it. And we keep touching this territory. The process of emptying of the attachment to self is one of slow erosion. You probably have noticed that, that there's times when it's eroded and you're really not there, and then it comes up again, and then it slowly erodes some in a new area in a different way. And we're just slowly, slowly freeing up this territory, making space. As Gil said this morning, emptying it out in order to welcome so much more in. So what I'd like us to do, we're gonna do two practices this afternoon. The first one's going to be a guided reflection. So this is a little different than a guided meditation. In that it's meant as a reflection. So, there, so, thoughts may arise, ideas may arise, and you're encouraged, just like when we do the dyads, you could just sit there and not say anything, but that doesn't actually uh, deepen the inquiry. So, the guided reflection is similar to that, in that I don't, I encourage you to engage in it as a reflection practice, an inquiry practice, rather than as just a meditation. And it's not, uh, this reflective practice like this isn't something we do a lot in this tradition. That's why we're doing these afternoons, to give you the opportunity to experiment with inquiry as part of your practice. So the form that this reflection is going to take is around this thus gone and who the question I will ask in the reflection almost as if you were in a dyad is again and again who are you and then I'll give you a minute you know a few moments to just see what arises see what's there and then I'll invite you to let that go not attached to that And then again, who are you? And the not that, the not attached to that, it's not a judgment. It's an invitation to not grab a hold. It's, oh, there, and to release. Remember Gil's image? Oh, not attached to that. Opening the hand to whatever is arising in the moment. And just like in the dyads, you may have an answer that comes up to you. You may have a reaction to the question. You may have something completely unrelated that comes in. Just like everything, it's working with whatever is there without a preconceived notion of what should be there or getting the exercise right or that sort of thing. Perhaps you're really still, and what arises is stillness. Hmm, not attached to that. And you might notice that there's gaps, and there's stillness. And they come, and they arise. And then not attached to that. Not attached to that either. So go ahead and settle yourself into a comfortable meditation posture. It'll be about a, uh, just like a little over 10 minute practice. So, allowing yourself to uh, feel the ground, just having a soft, spacious, broad sense of yourself sitting here, of the sound in the room, open and aware of the body, receptive. Perhaps beginning with a more open question. Who's experiencing this? Notice what arises. There might be words come, but you're not really looking for a verbal answer. Just notice in this open, relaxed field sitting here, sound coming and going, sensations coming and going. Who is experiencing this? And then dropping in the question again in the simplified form, but broader. Who are you? Who are you? What is the direct experience in the moment after the question? Ah, not attached to that, not attached to that. Who are you? Noticing what arises. Not that either, not attached to that. Perhaps releasing and opening again. Who are you? Not attached to that. Who are you? Not that, not that either. Who are you? Not that. Who are you? not attached to that. Who are you? Not attached to that. Not pushing away, but not clinging. Who are you? Not that. Releasing this too. Who is releasing? Not attached to that. Noticing that there's a flow of knowing. Who's knowing? Not that. (coughs) Various identities may arise. Emotions or thoughts may arise. Who is experiencing them? Not attached to that. What remains after you release when you let go of who you are in that moment? What remains? Who are you then? Not that either. Whose perceptions? Whose perceptions are these? Whose thoughts are these? Not that, not that either. So continue on your own for a bit. Letting yourself internally ask, who am I? Allowing whatever to arise to arise. Note the response gently with friendliness. Say no. No, I'm not attached to that answer and continue asking again. So now for the last couple minutes, drop all effort and just sit and rest in whatever remains. So if you found that useful, you can come back to it. Perhaps in moments where you can feel the attachment coming in and asking yourself, really, is that, is that me? Who am I right now? And then it might just slice through that belief And if it wasn't useful, well, it's over. (laughs) So there's a second part to this, right? The, The thus come, the opening up and stretching out and including everything. And one way of expressing that is the phrase, not only that. To whatever, however you might describe yourself, there's always room for more. Not only that, I am bigger than that. I am so much more. It, this phrase of not only that validates what's arising and also shows its empty nature. Not only that, this isn't the whole story. Who are you? And you might answer. And then when you say not only that, can you see how, yeah, that's true. But we're not done. There's more. Who are you? Oh, who are you? Sad. Hmm. Hmm. Not only that, what else are you? Teacher at the front of the room. Hmm. Not only that. We are so much and this recognition that each thing comes and is here and can be seen and then continue. So we're going to do a dyad, a repeating question, sort of like what we were just doing, but using not only that. So why don't you go ahead and quietly find a partner and sit opposite them, and then I'll give you the specific instructions. Please, if you don't have a partner, raise your hand quite high so that others who don't have partners can find them. Who else doesn't have a partner? There's one, and here's one. You don't have one? There's uh, oh, Judy and there's two two of you are very close to each other, raising your hands. Okay, let's see, who else? Who doesn't still have a partner? Anybody? Okay, what I would suggest is that perhaps you could um, go with another group and listen in, and then you can, um, I'll come over and help you through it as we, so somebody there could maybe invite him in. Okay, so this is the way it's going to go. Is one person, the person closest to the doors out of the meditation hall, the big doors, will ask the question first? And the question simply is, who are you? And then you remember somebody answers, and what we've been saying is thank you. So it's a little different now. You're going to say, who are you? The answer will come. And then instead of thank thank you, you'll say, not only that. And then you'll ask the question again. Who are you? And the person will answer, and then you'll say, Not only that, who are you? Does this make sense? Everybody got it? Okay. So the first person, let's just go ahead and sit quietly for a moment and just sort of get your attention back collected. Let yourself feel this meditation slash, slash reflection with your partner. Okay, and the person asking the question can begin. So letting yourself fall back into the silence and just taking a moment. And the second person can begin. So after bowing to the partner, you can go ahead and come back to your spot in the room. We thought it would be nice to just hear from some people how either one or the other of those experiences, those practices were for you. How did, it, how did it affect you? There's no right answer to this either. So, but it just must be nice to hear a few different experiences so you have some sense of other people as well. Anybody willing to share? I know we haven't done this yet. It's kind of scary, isn't it? Okay. We can do it. Uh, This may be a little heretical, but that was fun. (laughs) Joyce, there's somebody over here. Don, there's Joyce over here that raised her hand, too. It's okay to have fun. I I just uh, would echo the the fun of the second exercise. In in some ways... um, it was lighter and 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 the playfulness made it I think easier too, to just let go uh-huh. uh, in uh-huh. some way strange way, so, yeah, and maybe the two together i uh-huh. I don't know mm-hmm. You actually said something there that people may have sometimes when we're in a lighter place, right, letting go is actually easier than when. It's kind of feeling heavy or something. Yeah. Thanks. Um, what I notice is the more of my conceptualization I put into it, the more complicated the description of who am I, <laughs> then when I heard more than that, then I felt, oh, that I felt more disappointment. It's almost like I was creating this Mm-hmm. More complex idea of self, and so then that wasn't it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the simpler thing was easier to, was lighter. Mm-hmm. So that was an interesting, uh, yeah, yeah. The uh, more fabricated s- it gets, the more, the, yeah. m- the more we get attached. Oh, yeah, look at that brilliant fabrication I got going. <laughs> yeah. There's somebody up here, Don. Don, there's some... Oh, unless you see someone. That's fine. And then afterward, come to... For me, the second exercise was quite wonderful. And the first one was a little disconcerting that we didn't do in the dyad. Mm -hmm. Um, Because if you start... Like, who am I with something big, like a Buddhist practitioner, or emptiness, or something? No, not that. It just mm-hmm. kept getting down to nothing, and then less than nothing, and nothing, nothing, nothing. nothing. And that was a little disconcerting. Yeah. yeah. Were, were you willing to be disconcerted? Sure. sure. Okay. It's kind, of, it's kind of interesting to be disconcerted, isn't it? Yeah. It was very, can you hear me okay? It was very playful, but it also was a little tiring, made me realize how many hats I'd worn and how many identities I've had. It was like, oh, this is exhausting. (laughs) Nice. It is exhausting, isn't it? This selfing. That really points to what Gil was pointing at this morning, that it's actually a relief, right, to let it go. Yeah. Don, there was somebody down here in front, and then maybe you can go back to Michaela after that. Uh, yeah. Well, I think this uh, exercise made me realize how weary I am of trying to analyze and mm-hmm. think and conceptualize mm-hmm. what this what emptiness of self is. So I'm just going to let go and wait until the experiential opening happens Mm -hmm. and try to be patient. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Okay, and this will be the last one. earlier today a poem came into my mind i'm nobody who are you are you nobody too <laughs> and that amused me today and then this whole exercise felt like a trick question in the beginning it was frustrating if mm-hmm. you know you know you're not you're not who you think you are, who you say you are. So, But it was good practice, good exercise, so I thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So we'll end with a quote from the Buddha. The wise do not take anything in the world as belonging to them, nor do they take anything in the world as not belonging to them. So let's sit for a moment, settle back into the silence. So you have a walking period now or a continued sitting. Enjoy your practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.